Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. Uh, and fourth meal? A lovely, delicious, and disgusting fourth meal. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Juan App. That is the podcast starring me, Cypher Sounds. And me, Peter Rosenberg. Did you want me to say something more? Yeah. Oh, it's a hip-hop podcast. Right. The first ever hip-hop podcast. Right, and we're back. Yeah, we talk about hip-hop, rap, music that rhymes, beats and lyrics, all rap-related things. I got, they got it. They got it. Okay. They got it. Welcome back to Juan App, ladies and gentlemen. Juan App is back. Yeah, no, they know, Saif. Um, oh, my God, and I have to say this. In episode one, yeah, some part that we recorded a really long time ago, yeah, I, I accidentally said, my man Bob Power said, don't say the year. Yeah. <laughs> and it's my man Extra P. People and are, I don't even know how that people were came upset. out of my mouth. People were upset. No, and they should be. They should be upset. Me, of all people, to mess up. A, an ad lib from Midnight Marauders, it's inexcusable. It's just like, mm-hmm. it was one of those things like when you're not, you're just talking and you randomly say the wrong name of someone. Yeah. Like, that's not, you got their first, you know, it was, it was horrible. And, and that's a and white like man to sincerely too. Apologize. That's a white man's name. You, me- that, you messed it all up. You put a white man in a black man's spot. That's, I know, I know. Real quick, man. Thank you so much for uh, rocking back with us. Just, can I just, a couple comments. Uh, oh please, please! DJ Caution six three one, really loving the new one app. Can't wait for the next one. Thank you. Uh, short Shorty Mins subscribed, listened, loved. Thank you. Uh, somebody Weskin Beats wrote hard album cover, not an album cover, but fine. Uh, I'm really digging the new format, but can we get the full back catalog? Not yet. We're trying to get a check. Um, here's my favorite one. I'm loving this new one. Okay. This is uh J Quest Stay Smoking. I'm loving the new one app. It's like one app went to college and came back mature, educated, but, but still smells like with the shits. <laughs> <laughs> and what I need people to understand is that we are not documentarians. We are just two uh, ne'er dwellers, just trying to make a little, little couple of dollars here and there. And even though, little scratch. Even though we are just horrible human beings, we delivered. And you're a, disgraced. I'm a disgraced radio personality. You, you're just a horrible person in general, like just overall. And we still delivered a great product that people are loving. So thank you. Thanks to our whole team. Thanks to our whole squad. We're just, we're handling business. But let's get into the music. No, today's episode is cool too. Uh, I think the old one app fans will be very excited because we, over the past several months, we've been working on one app and the interviews we've done. And you've already heard it in the last couple episodes. The name Clark Kent keeps coming up yep. over and over again. Yeah, we I always knew Clark Kent was involved, obviously. Never knew the extent. Yeah, I don't think I quite understood just the level of importance he had yeah. until a few years ago. And and then particularly when we were working on one ep over these last several months, it's just become so clear that he's so integral uh, to the to the Jay-Z story. So we decided Let's get this man, this DJ, this A&R, this record label dude, this amazing sneaker collector, oh. this friend of Jay-Z. Oh, we decided? Let's- We decided to get him? 
What do you mean? We always we wanted asked. him. We asked him twice. He said no. That we finally convinced right. him. We pestered him <laughs> until he said yes. <laughs> what you're going to get today is our extended sit down mm -hmm. with Clark Kent. And I think it really clears up and like really puts a bow on the first part of Jay-Z's career yeah. and how he broke it up Amazing, again. amazing details, small little one-up gems all throughout, all sprinkled throughout, stuff I didn't even know. And, I, and I'm, I'm realizing now, I don't think his name is really Clark Kent. No, no, it's definitely not. Like, you that's, know how Superman's Superman name is not, it's Clark Kent to hide his identity? I think Clark Kent's name is to hide his identity. <sighs> right. Trying to figure out. Yeah. I'm trying to no, figure I think, this I out. Sife, the elusive DJ Clark Kent. Is he elusive? elusive? I don't think I'm elusive. Okay, he's elusive in the sense that we've been recording this podcast for a long time now. Yeah. And he has come up in every single interview we've every done. Every interview ever. This all it's Clark Kent. Clark Kent. Well then Clark Kent and then Clark Kent. And people said nice things about you, Clark. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, really nice. I, I I honestly hope that at the end of everything, that people really don't have anything bad to say. Mm. I, and I think that's the way I'm trying to live my life. Right. So I, I'm, it's an honor to hear you say that. No, I, you know who spoke very highly of you? Uh, DJ Scratch. That's my brother. Yeah, Scratch Scratch spoke very highly of you. And he he was talking about you as a kid. Yeah, I was this, about to say, we, we come from the same block. Right, and you're a couple years younger. Older. Older, you're a couple years older. See, he thought I was younger too. That's amazing. Damn, sorry, this Scratch. is a beautiful yourself, thing. Carry yourself very young. Super young. Youthful, not very young. Youthful. Okay, youthful. Um, so when did you first meet Jay-Z? Um, I think he might have been about 16 or 15. Jazzo was a friend of Fresh Gordon. And Fresh Gordon was a friend of mine. And I used to be at his house all the time. Because he was producing and I was DJing and everybody went there to learn how to do what Fresh Gordon did because he was a wizard. Who and, um, is Fresh Gordon? Real quick. Fresh Gordon's a, up a, a producer. And, uh, what did he, he do was, that we would know? Do you remember the, the old breakbeat record that had the Andy Griffith theme? Yes. Oh, 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 uh -huh. oh, yeah. He produced that. Oh. Fresh Gordon, what he doesn't get credit for is one of the biggest rap records ever. He produced mm -hmm. it. was Push It. Wow. Salt Pepper? Yeah, Salt and Pepper Pusher. He produced that. Really? Yeah. Wow. You talking about Salt, Salt, Salt. Salt, yeah. Salt and Pepper's here. Yeah, and the funny thing is if you listen to the Gordy Groove record and then you hear Salt and Pepper's record, you can hear, oh yeah, that's Fresh Gordon style. And he didn't get credit? Not necessarily. Hmm, interesting. That's very, that's a that's an iconic record. But yeah, I'll say. Fresh Gordon and Jazzo were friends and Jazz used to write records in Fresh Gordon's crib and we all used to go over there and one day, a record's playing, and I hear the guy rapping. I was like, who is this? Because he sounds as good as you. <laughs> and he goes, oh, that's Jay-Z. And he takes me to the projects. I'm not even sure Jay would remember this properly because it's almost like he didn't necessarily care when I met him. Yeah. Because I don't think it mattered as much. But I met him, and he, he rapped, and I was like, in my mind, I'm going, this is it. If you were really paying attention to lyrics back then, like, you knew Jazzo was unbeatable. Really? Like no one was better than Jazzo back in those days. I'm talking when everybody was all over Rakim and Kane and G-Rap and all that. Jazzo, his bars were unbeatable. 
Really? Like, his rhymes were insane. But then he had this guy right next to him that could rhyme as good as him. Well, maybe not as good, but he said his rhymes better. So Jazz says incredibly good rhymes, and Jay says incredibly good rhymes, but better. Hmm. And he had that thing. Pause. The it factor. Yeah, he had it. Like, Back then. So yeah. How old was he? 16, 17, you said? He probably, I think he was 16. So you went to Marcy Projects yeah. after Fresh Gordon's house. Yeah. Just I'm just trying to paint the picture. What time of day is this? Um, early afternoon. So lady or early evening. Four o'clock, five maybe, o'clock. Maybe like six, seven because summertime. Yeah, sun was summertime. Was up. Yeah. And when he was just outside? Yeah. Running the block. Who was with him? Do you remember? Not at all. I don't. Any the funny the guys? part is, huh? I don't remember who else was there, but I was cool with guys who were around the guys that were older than him. Right. I'm older than them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, I heard him and I took from that moment, I took away that this guy is, he's it. He so, rhymed for you because Jazzo said to rhyme for you. Yeah. He knew who you were. I don't necessarily think he paid attention to who I was. I think it was more that Jazz said, Jazz said spit rhyme. something. All right, let me spit real You know quick. what I'm saying? And he did. And I just was like, okay, bet. Wow. And I, I left from there. And you have to understand at that point, it's not like I'm some A and R to record company. Right. Or, well, that's what I was like, asked. What was the expectation? You okay? I, you heard I just now was what? like, I I paid attention to rhymes more than the average dude who can't rhyme. So I'm the guy who could tell you that in 1983, the best MC, the first MC that you would call the best MC was Grandmaster Kaz. When another person would shout Melly Mel, I'd be like, No, 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 no. You didn't hear Grandmaster Kaz if you could say that. You know what I'm saying? So. When it came to the rap, when it came to raps and listening to people's rhymes, like I really listened. I heard Rakim at 11 standing on a milk crate rhyming in Wine Dance Day. And I was like, oh, he's special. But at 11, I, I saw it. I was, I was there. I was DJing. He was day. a kid back then. So yeah. did you think I'm going to do anything with this guy? I, You're just I, like, oh, all cool. I know was I just felt these two guys were super duper special. Okay. And, you know... I never forgot it. So when, you know, records would come out, I was ahead of it. When they rhymed with Kane, I was like, oh, that's it. Because, like, if you listen to what Jay said on that record with Kane, like, he, the address that he gave you was insane. He said, I'm a cocky breed. I'm dope like poppy seeds. I live on one rich bitch plaza between get off my dick and stop jocking me. Like, he gave you an address. So many people missed that. I was just like, y'all missed that? He gave you a fucking address. Like, it's awesome what he just did. Like, Poppy C, I live one rich class of between get off my dick and stop jacking me. All right. Clark is talking about the song Show Improve. It's a Big Daddy Kane record from 1994. And Syph, it wasn't the world's biggest record, but it was a big deal because it featured a whole bunch of cats on it, including Jay-Z. Yeah. Sauce Money was on it. Shaheem. Old Dirty Bastard. And of course, Jay Z and show improve is a is a is a five percent term. So that's why I like it. Oh, it is. Yeah, you got to show. I didn't improve. even know that. Yeah, it's like knowledge. You got to show what you're talking about, and you got to prove it with the knowledge. And what an what a random looking back. What a random array of people on this record. Yeah, well, that's how the '90s were. So then, later on, when I get an A and R job, the only thing I'm trying to sign is Jazz and Jay. And where was your A&R job? Uh, Atlantic Records. That's your well, first actually, job? Actually, my first A&R job was at Epic Records. I was there for a week. 
And the guy who told me to go work at Epic Records told me to leave Epic and go to Atlantic. Just because he thought it was a better move for you? Just because... Because you was going to take his job, that's why. No, no, no. He was vice president of Motown, Timmy Regisford. He's a DJ. I'm a DJ. Merlin Bob, DJs. We all DJed on the same radio station. Timmy's like, yo, you're doing a lot of good things on the radio. You should be able to pick the records because you're breaking records. Mm -hmm. Cool. Go work over at Epic. Okay. I go. I'm there. Four days. He calls. He says, yeah, leave. I'm like, wait, I, I just got a job. It's real money. It's cash. I, I mean, they're paying. He was like, nah, go over here. Work with Merlin. I'm like, well, Merlin's my man, so that's easy. I'll go. And um, I swear to God, the second day, I was like, where's Jazz? Because I didn't look at it like it was Jay-Z and Jazz. I looked like it was Jazz and Jay-Z because it was Jazz first. Jazz had the record deal. Jazz was the, rec the guy who put Jay on records. So I'm like, like you, you know that they made a record way before all of that called High Potent, right? Nope. HP gets busy. Nope. High Potent rappers was Jay Z and Jazz O. So I was like, I need that. So I went looking for Jazz. Full disclosure: When Clark mentioned High Potent. I did not have any idea this even existed. Did you, Saif? No, I did not. And I was happy to fake like I did. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you did a great job. Yeah, yeah, high potent, of oh, course. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Psh. Oh, no doubt. Okay, on, on YouTube, it says 1986. And when I tell you this song, there's only two words to describe it. It's shit, miss. <laughs> Are you saying it's low potent? <laughs> It's yo, this it's actually amazing because this song is so old school, Sife. It's like it's a full era before like the originators in terms of sound. Yeah. Like this sounds like true mid-80s, like not particularly good old school, old school hip hop. It's amazing to think about Jay-Z rapping on records that sounded like this, considering he's still the man today. It's unbelievable how old it sounds. Well, it just goes to show you kids, it doesn't matter what you do in the past, you still can make it. Don't worry about your, your past failures. Just, just get up and go again. Wow. This is an inspirational moment. Is this like the episode you can't afford to miss? This is one of them. One of the episodes you can't afford to miss. Is this a very special blossom? Now, hold on. Where was Jazz signed for Hawaiian Sophie? EMI. It's EMI. Right. His deal was done? He got out of it? I really didn't even care. You didn't I, care? They put an album out. He put an album out. But I, I didn't care if, it, if his deal was done. I was like, I, sure I got it. Nah, it, it wasn't that. It's just, it was funny. I didn't even think about that. I just was like, I wanted these guys to be where I was because I wanted to make their records. And we were cool. You you need to know, like, before I got an A&R job, I was DJing parties through New Music Seminar. They would come and I'd be like, yo, get on stage. Put them on stage everywhere that I could, I could have them rap and show everybody that they was the best. I was like... Yeah, yeah, do it. And I would DJ for him. By accident. How long did you stay at Atlantic? Uh, four or five years. So are, so you were you eventually signed Original Flavor? Yeah, I signed Original Flavor, Future Sound. Helped with signing MC Light. Helped signing DOS Effects. Helped with signing Audio 2. Helped with signing Yo-Yo. Helped with signing... K-Solo was there? Yeah, he was there. I produced K-Solo's 
remixes back then, but I was helping with signing practically every rapper there. Oh, you know, it's a dope record. Uh, it's an R&B record. Rude Boys. Rude Boys. Yeah, yeah. My Kind of Girl. Yeah, that My was My Kind of Girl. That was hard. Pause. Ah. I don't know that record. Your R&B skills, of, of, especially in that era, is not... Oh, no, not then. That's like nah, yeah. 90... You're talking about pre-Jay-Z being Jay-Z? Well, Jay-Z was always Jay-Z. But like 91? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But no, no, that's not when that came out, did it? Rude Boys is like 91. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, that's not my era for R&B, the cool. early, early 90s. Jay-Z, he's getting features like this on Atlantic. Like, he's on, you know, major label singles, and he still could not get a deal. Couldn't get and a deal. I find that very... Yeah, it's hard to understand. Well, remixes were different back then. You would just give a DJ the the record, and he would just remix it, and they would put it out as a marketing tool. So, like, it... It easily could be that the A&Rs never even heard these remixes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was out It was out of their run. It was more of a marketing thing. You know what I'm saying? That's why people don't get publishing on remixes until later when Pharrell was like, yeah, I'm doing a remix, but I'm remaking a whole new song. So. Yeah, or, or, or Clark is just like, I, I'm going to find a way to squeeze you on yeah. here, but it's just a little remix on a single. Right. It's not like life changing. Yeah, there was no video. It was just something to play in the clubs. I, yeah, I just find it fascinating, though, that even with Clark there, they still couldn't get the deal done. So we, well, we talked to Kane and C. Everyone was talking about the process of Jay trying to get a deal. Which part? No, this Which C, part? that's later. Mm-hmm. That like when Kane, after Jay went on the road with Kane, mm-hmm. he, he Kane was sort of invested in in hoping Jay would get a deal and, and pushing him yeah, in whichever I, way I he could. I believe that. I believe he was. But, why, but why didn't he get one initially? I truly believe what gets an artist signed a great artist gets them signed is a record. It's not about who you're down with. It's not who's your man's. It's not all of that. And I believe that also something that happens is timing. So I believe, though I thought he was the best MC I heard, he probably hadn't made the right record, which is okay. perfectly fine because it took one record to get Biggs to say, okay, now I'm down. You know what I'm saying? But we had made like God knows how many records and and it took one record for him to go, okay, yeah, now I'm going to turn the corner. I'll get down with you now. That's the record that makes me turn the corner. And that record never got on an album, but it made Biggs go, oh, I'll invest in that. So like Clark mentioned, Biggs, who's one of the owners of Rockefeller Records, he wasn't even fully convinced that Jay was a good MC until he heard in my lifetime. You know what I'm saying? So even even his own business partner that went on to make millions of dollars with the guy, even he wasn't fully convinced of Jay-Z in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? He still had to get uh, uh, his, I don't know what you call it, approval, acceptance, you know? It's just like that's the same reason why the A&Rs weren't signing or maybe there was something missing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Dame Dash dug it. Clark Kent dug it. Um, but... Kareem 
Biggs Burke, it took him time. It took him time before he actually believed this was something to invest money in. And then he heard in my lifetime, it was like, oh, I'm putting my dollars into this. And then I think he, like, threw him up in the sky. He probably didn't throw him. He probably didn't throw his dollars up. You were making records with Jay? I was making records with Jay. Okay. Trying, I was so, trying to get Jay a record deal. So, right. so even when like, you were at A&R? Yeah. I mean, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking, like, after I meet Dame and I introduce him and all of that. It's me, Dame, and Jay. Dame is, you met him because he Dame. managed Original Flavor? I met Dame. <laughs> The reason I met Dame is because the other A&R who worked at Atlantic Records, who Dame had a scheduled meeting with, yeah. did not come out into the office. I mean, come out into the hallway and bring him into the meeting. And I was walking out and I was like, they're young. Like, they're young. I got to ask, Yo, who are you here to see? Oh, we here to see such and such. And he's just got us out here waiting. I was like, come on, I'll listen. Because... Wow. I believe, I believe yeah. an A&R's job Crazy. is to listen. Yeah. Because you never know what you'll 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 find. I mean, if I told you that I, I work at Motown Records, which is historically a black record label, mm -hmm. and somebody goes, "Yeah, I got this group," and I walk in and I and I and I listen to it, and it's it's unbelievable what I hear, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm a sign up just because of what I heard." And then when I meet them, it's four white guys. I, I don't care that you're white. I care that the record is, and you guys are amazing. So I signed 98 Degrees. You no, know, everybody's looking at me like, you signed four white boys to Motown. Oh, well, Rare Earth was signed to Motown, and they're all white guys. I don't think the color mattered. I think the record mattered. So I signed them. They go gold. They go platinum. They become 98 Degrees. You're telling me you're responsible for Una Noche? <laughs> Invisible Man? Yeah. This is... Right, I found that record. This is the greatest day. I loved Invisible Man. Invisible Man was sent to the office. I was like, this is sick. Hey, guys, do this record. Oh, so a, a writer, or someone else just sent it. Another yeah, someone else sent the record. Um, Did we just jump somewhere else? We got, yeah, we got to 98 Degrees. But it was based off of caring about records. No, and, and he didn't for. have... I don't believe that... No, no, that, Dame. Dame, you're in the hallway. You bring Dame in. Yeah, I bring Dame he in. He plays what? He original plays flavor? Me, the Future Sound. Future Sound? Yeah, and I'm like, I like it. Just felt different. So I'm going to try to get you a deal. And I, I did. And then it was Original Flavor. And as soon as I heard the guy rapping, I was like, is that Ski? And he was like, yeah, you know Ski? I was like, I know Ski since he was like a teenager because he was in the Busy Boys. And when I was on tour with Dana Dane, we did a show in North Carolina. And the Busy Boys had a record called Dropping It. And I would come back. I would be on the radio. And I'd play Dropping It every week. So Ski's an important player here. Um, he's from North Carolina. He is part of Original Flavor. Mm -hmm. He ends up producing um, stuff on Reasonable Doubt, a bunch of stuff on Reasonable Doubt. He um, he does Who You Wit off of Volume 1, and uh, he did the whole Camp Low Uptown Saturday Night album. Yeah. He's a great producer, great. Uh, a great artist. I had told him, if you ever come to New York, I'm going to get you a record deal. So I, I told him that. So when he came to New York and his records were dope, I was like, I'm going to give you a record deal. So I did. And he just happened to be with Dame. So it all was like. but they, So because here's the thing, what we've been learning over this last couple of recording sessions of doing one at back. We back, baby. Um, the <laughs> moment that people that know Clark did that. Clark said this. Clark introduced him. You seem to be the linchpin in this whole situation. So you meet Dame. He brings you groups. You sign them. You're working with Jay also. Yeah. They don't know each other. No. Did you introduce them? 100%. You introduced Jay-Z to Damon to Dash. Dame Dash. Right. 
I mean, right. do you know how press stop important? on the press stop? We are in it right now. We are in it. Yeah. So, okay. Last time we talked about the, we, we, we played you that story of Clark Kent and Junior Mafia and annoying all of them yeah. because he's on the road with Biggie, but he can't stop talking about his artist, Jay-Z. Yeah. And we got into all of that. Right. And if you're on and, the road, like, you know, Clark talked about a lot about hanging with Jay-Z, but- you only would hang at certain times and then you'd go home or go about your business. Jay-Z might have been doing other things, extracurricular activity. But when you're on the or, road or if it was like or if it was like you on the road with Lil' Kim, you know, they might go out to a nice dinner and say, Sife, you stay in the hotel, you fat and bitch. Throw me some Denny's, throw me like a Denny's box, a leftover box. <laughs> no, but when you're actually you know what? Oh, and I gotta I gotta correct that story. At that time, they would have called you a skinny bitch. Skinny side back then, but they were, it was on the way. It was on the way, <laughs> but you know, but what I'm saying is that you're on the road. So, so, so Clark is Biggie's DJ. So you're with somebody 24 hours a day, you know what I'm saying? And he just kept beating him in the head about Jay-Z, Jay-Z, Jay-Z. Yeah. It, it's, I'm, I can see why it annoyed junior mafia and I could see how it got under Biggie's skin, but guess what? Clark, because of all this, we eventually get to Brooklyn's finest, and fortunately, because we got a hold of Clark, we will we were able to hear the actual story mm. of how Brooklyn's finest got made. No, but like the one app version, like the details, what studio, who was in there, what bodega they ordered from. You know what I'm saying? So okay, so you're on the road, Biggie, and you. Working on reasonable doubt at the same time. You hold on. What's the okay? You you were you're doing Junior Mafia. Yeah, what happened was album. This song. We 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 come back home off of being on the road for a while. So were you always personally happy to watch their friendship evolve? What you don't you don't understand the moment they met? I was like. Drop the mic. I'm good. I could go. And you knew, because, and you knew it would take off. Absolutely, because how they meet? They didn't even speak. They just laughed. I was like, yes, because we all thought he was dope, and Where I thought was Jay it? was dope. It was in a studio, but like, all they looked at each other and just was like, they just started laughing. I was like, I, yes. This is for Brooklyn's finest. Yeah, they well, met. We didn't even know it was Brooklyn's finest then. It was called. Um, they met no to Mr. record nice that guy. record. No. Oh. I was recording Jay okay. and had Big waiting Big downstairs like, don't worry, I'm going to try to get you on this song. Because Jay Big, Big heard the record by accident in a session we were in earlier for Junior Mafia. Well, the, the record that became Brooklyn He heard Finance? the beat okay. and was like, I want that. And I was like, hey, can't have that. That's for Jay. And he said, you get this nigga everything. And I was like, <laughs> well, well, he's my artist, so. Right, because the difference is he was your artist. He's my artist. So like he you were working for Biggie. I was working with. Don't say for. With. Sorry, I sorry, don't work sorry. for nobody. Yeah. But you were hired, correct? You're, yeah, you're not saying it right. Not, I understand not, it's Brooklyn shit. I, I get it. I get it. No, it's not it. that they they came to me to work with him. But that's different they, than you 
this is your yeah, no, this invested is, yeah, interest. Yeah, like no, like right. I, yeah, this is gonna happen. Right. And you've been for and you've been overseeing it to some degree since the beginning. Right. It's very different. It has to happen. So he hears he hears what eventually hears becomes. Did you ever play Java Puff? Nah. <laughs> he heard him. He heard him. And he did. Yeah, but you did but he the, had Biggie. There was nothing he was he wasn't gonna do nothing with this guy when he got Biggie. And I respect it. Like you got Biggie. Like But you were playing J Z for Big over and over, but you wouldn't play for Puff. What what's what was no the need, point? Right? You're not gonna sign this guy when you got that guy. I mean, respectfully, if you're a label owner, are you signing Jay-Z when you got Biggie? I guess you can't, unless but you wanted to squash. If it was my label, I'd be like, hell yeah. I'm signing you. I'm signing Big. I'm signing Nas. I'm signing everybody. I want the best at my label. Kind of like the way Def Jam was trying to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But Puff's thing was different, though. Yeah, that, Puff's that's thing like, was super different. Yeah. It was, I got I'm really. Not even, not even trying to get him signed. I'm just wondering if you you playing all these records for nah, Big. No, he heard and, and enough. He heard enough. Mm. We was out and we was in the street. We were going into clubs buying every bottle of champagne while people were walking in getting pissed off. Like, Puff was one of the dudes who got pissed off a couple of times. Like, that. What do you, what do you mean? There's no champagne. Well, they they bought it. I've heard about those wars. So, Plenty of times. So so you <laughs> said something that was fascinating though. You said Biggie was downstairs. You were in the studio with Jay, Recording. and you were trying to get him on the Jay record. Yeah. Okay. Wouldn't it, it have been a no brainer that Jay would have wanted Big to be on the record, or at least on okay. something? Listen, the record was Jay's record, right? And Again, like hours earlier, I was in a session with Jay and he hears the beat and he was like, I want it. And I'm like, no. No, Big said that. Big said said it. I said, no, because I'm going to record it on Jay. You give him everything. I was like, okay, (laughs) I'll ask, but come to the studio and wait downstairs. How am I supposed to just walk upstairs with Big when I'm going to record this record? So I I go in. Come on. Where Prem used to work all the time. D and D. D and D. Yes. How did I not just remember that? That's wow. fine. Anyway, we're old. Well, notice I said where Prem worked all the time. I used to use Unique all the time, okay. so that was my studio. That was Prem's studio. Respectfully, that was Prem's house. Yeah, of that's course. where we were recording this day. And I go in, slip the disc in, drop drop the beat to the tape. What Jay machine? Go, huh? S P twelve hundred S nine fifty. What are you talking about? That Brooklyn's finest is. SB 12 99.9% of every record I made is on SB 1200. Every Bay's record Anthem? I made. Every record I've made. Filtered bass lines? Mm. SB 1200 and 950. Uh, Player's Anthem isn't a, isn't a filter. No, I'm saying just the 950 yeah, was good oh, yeah. for filtered bass for lines. Sure, for sure. But like every record is an is a SB 1200. Every single record. Even last year, Kanye. SB 1200. So, so, um, at this point, Big just wants to be on that record because he loved the Ohio players. He, wanted, like, he just the, wanted to be on He it. wanted the beat. So the beat. I'm like, please, just let me see what I can do. I go in, drop the beat on tape. Jay goes in and does three verses. Comes back out. I'm like, yo, <laughs> insane. Like, I'm still like, how did I start the count? I was scared, too. Like, this is going to sound dumb that I'm asking after. He does three verses. So <laughs> um, I, he does it. He comes back out. I go, man, room full of motherfuckers too. Yo, you should let Big on this record. They never met. He says, I mean, 
that's your man. I don't know him. Very Brooklyn he's answer. Very. He's, Brooklyn. Like, he's, he's like, he's like, that's your man. I don't, I don't know him. Um, if if you can get him, and J- Dame goes, <laughs> nah, fuck that. We ain't paying Puff no money. And I was like, okay, I get it. But then Jay Jay said again, I mean, you know, if you if you get him, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. <laughs> Instead of going to the bathroom, I go down in the elevator, bring him back upstairs. Be like, yo. Jay's like, you a funny nigga. <laughs> and then they just started laughing. And I was like, yes. Now yes. the laugh makes sense. Right. Because so, he was waiting out to jump on the song. So I was like, yes. So they're laughing with each other, right? And then uh, Jay goes, uh, you fuck with it? He was like, yeah. And he's sitting, I'm here, Jay's big is there, and Jay is standing, and he says, play the beat. So the beat is playing. And he's like, and I'm like, and he goes, all right, come on. And he goes back in. Or Jay. Jay. Goes back in and does all of his parts and leaves the open section. Different rhymes. Stop. Sorry. Listen. Shh. Shut the Shut the fuck up. He does his sections. All of them. And then goes, you ready? Big was like, what the fuck just happened? And I said, I told you you don't write his raps. He goes, like, did he just change everything? I told you you don't write his raps, man. He said, oh. He was like, this nigga, that was crazy. I said, like, you ready? He was like, nah, <laughs> I need to take that home. <laughs> two months later. Two months? Months. He goes, we're two at giant. Two months? Two months. The day before mastering. What? So he jump, jumps in, does his verses. I'm like, yes, guys, where's the hook? Uh, scratch something. What? No, <laughs> I'm not scratching anything. I can't scratch anything to this beat. Figure it out. So I'm like, rep, 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 represent BK to the fullest. No, shit's too bumpy over this beat. Right. The beat is too intricate. I yes. can't scratch to the beat. You're a DJ, scratch something. No. Because it, it, the sample, ecstasy, there's like the pianos, the it's drums roll. It's, it's like, it's just, yeah, it's rolling. It's, it's rolling yeah. the whole Dog, time. It shit is too much. It's got the guitar, the, the piano. It's everything. It's, a lot. it's just too much. So I'm just like, dude, like, Big goes, yeah, I'm going to go to the store. Never comes back. Jay, I'm going to go to the store. Never comes back. <laughs> Hours. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm scratching every thing that says Brooklyn everything nothing only thing that worked was ODB going Brooklyn but I'm like that can't go through the hook oh. <laughs> okay I'm gonna try to put a hook together so I'm writing and the first thing I write from is when Jay said um, Jay-Z Biggie Smalls nigga shit your draws Brooklyn going out to all then I was like okay Crown Heights, you don't stop. Bed style, you don't stop. Nigga. Okay. So, <laughs> You're a writer, son. No, far from it. And that was a joke in the crew, too. So I go in the booth. I do this hook all the way down the record. Dame is there. And I'm just like, fuck, this is going to end bad. Wait, you're, that's you on the hook? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, you performed it? Yes, that's me that's doing That's your the hook. voice on the hook? If you listen to it now, you're going to go, oh, shit, that's Clark on the hook. Oh, I never Now, if you know, when you listen, you'll go, oh, shit, that is him on the hook. 
Like if you think about it, you'll Yo, go. I, okay, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. But why? But what well, if but, I don't tell you? <laughs> well, no, no, you didn't, and you didn't think of it for 25 fucking years, which is perfect. It's perfectly fine. That's incredible, though. Nah, that so, a song could be so big, and you're not thinking about who is that. Now that is what you call a one ep gem, Sife. One ep moment. That was it, right there. I'm telling the engineer, can you make my voice sound different? Can you do four more tracks of me sounding lower? Can you please fix it? One, I hate my voice on the mic. No, you got to do. Voice. I totally hate my voice on the mic. Wow. So I'm just like, hip-hop please do whatever. To Who's the engineer? Do you remember? Uh, Kenny Ortiz. I don't know. Kenny Ortiz. And I was, I begged him. I was, please, Kenny, make me sound different. Just do whatever you got to do. Make me sound different, man. And I didn't sound different. And shit pissed me off. <laughs> Brooklyn's Finest gets mastered. And I'm at the studio like, they're going to hate it. They're going to fucking hate it. I'm going to get crucified. Dame don't say nothing. I get a call. This shit is fire. I'm like, really? You like it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, this shit is fine. No one asked the question. <laughs> who's that? Really? Till later. Yo, who's that? <laughs> Dame goes, oh, that's Clark. <laughs> Yo, we fucking told you don't ever rap. I was like, I wasn't rapping. I wasn't rapping. It's a chorus. I wasn't rapping. It's a chorus. They were like, we fucking told you don't rap. And I was like, I didn't want to do it. You guys never came back. You left me in the studio. I had nothing. And they were like, shit's fire, though. But you can't never rap. And I was like, I don't want to rap. Trust me, I don't ever want to rap. Yo, I'm... T- yo. Um, well, it turned out pretty well, and the album turned out to do uh, pretty well also. Yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Did you know... You you knew it would do that well? What, the album? Regional Doubt. I knew the album was perfect. That's that. I knew it was perfect, so I knew it would be fine. Big thank you to Clark Kent for spending so much time with us and actually quite as Kepsife. We actually got some more from Clark Kent that you may hear from later. Oh yeah, we got we got some more stuff. Don't don't you worry. Don't you fret your pretty little heads about. I really think I got to tell you, congratulations because I think we did a tremendous job telling the story of Jay Z from the streets of Brooklyn up through Reasonable Doubt. I think we killed it. Can I be honest? Now, the next couple of episodes, we're going to dive deep into the catalog. It's time to get into the discography. I'm talking about volume one. I'm talking about volume two. I'm talking about volume three. I'm talking about volume four. I'm talking about volume five. No, no, I think he changed. I'm talking about volume six. He didn't six. do volumes. I'm talking about. No, he didn't do volume. He stopped the volumes what? after three. Um, anyways, guys, thanks for rocking with us. I'm glad you dug it so far. Um, make sure you rate, review, leave a comment, do all that stuff. And make sure you join us next week when we dive deeper into the story of Jay Hova. One episode hosted by me, Peter Rosenberg. And me, Cypher Sounds. Our production team is associate producer Rob Dozier. And production assistant Hebron Mendez. Dan Panarise is our associate editor. Our executive producer is Chiquita Pascal. One Ep is a production of Mass Appeal and Endeavor Audio and is also created by producer Samantha Allison of Endeavor Audio and associate producer Savannah Jeffries of Mass Appeal. As well as executive producer Mark Grandy of Mass Appeal and Dave Easton of Endeavor Audio. Cedric Wilson is our mix engineer. Kasim Bradley is our recording engineer. Special thank you to editorial board TK Dukes, Gabby Bulgarelli, and Mary Baxter.
Yo, can't, yo, I used to hate Clark because what? I, I'll tell you why. When I DJed for Little Kim, if we did anything that was either high profile, like a TV show, or in the vicinity of New York City, on, they'd be like, "Don't do that, man. You stay home. Clark's coming." And I'm like, "I just, I just did shit shows with you. At least I could get the benefit of DJ at home." They're like, "No, no, no, no. Clark's coming." You sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up. You never told me that. I I didn't realize that. Yo, they you like Clark. Like, God now, damn so it, terrible. For Clark. Clark. Like, yo, we doing the Apollo tonight. We doing the Apollo with Mace and all these dope rappers. And they're like, oh, I can't wait. Oh no, no, you're not coming. Clark's coming. 